0: Jason Ma, ladies and gentlemen, fasten your seatbelts, put your tray tables in the upright position, and uh, get ready to take flight. I mean, man, I had heard legend of you uh, way before that we uh, actually met, and I am so overjoyed to be working with you uh, and to have you
1: on the pod. Welcome. Thank you so much, Rich. It's an awesome and honored opportunity anytime to see you and talk with you.
0: Hmm. Excellent. So tell us, uh, tell us what you're working on right now these days, this sort of great building time during the bear market.
1: Yeah, you know, um, where my focus is on a day to day is building open uh, spelled OP3N and we are a Web3 super chat app. Um, So think about this as almost like WeChat uh, or WhatsApp for Web3. And where we are recognizing a need is that I look at crypto, blockchain, Web3, whatever terminology you want to define the space and, and, and this industry as uh, its own country. And what I mean by that is crypto in many ways to me is another country, meaning what do you need for a country? Well, you need your own governance. Uh, you need your own currency. Um, you need your own citizenship, your own. Uh, way of managing communication to your actual people. And so with that being said, when you look at every country in the world today in the last 10 years, there is a super app for communication. Whether you're in China, that's WeChat. Whether you're in Korea, that's Kakao. Whether you're in Japan or Taiwan or Thailand, that's mainly Line. You're in Southeast Asia, it's WhatsApp or it's something like Grab. In the West, you know we have the equivalents of Facebook, Instagram, et cetera, et cetera, Snap. But really, there hasn't been that same super app uh, in the West uh, that we have in the East, in the rest of the world. And so you hear people like Elon Musk saying, I'm building the WeChat of the West. And when he acquired Twitter, that was literally his mantra or his mission. Uh, what he's trying to do for about $44 billion, uh, right now I'm going to do for a fraction of about $44 million or so that I've, that, that I've, that I've, uh, I, I've, I've raised. Uh, but my point here is that I do believe that uh, the consolidation for communication and leveraging Web3 tooling to actually communicate and actually connect with communities is actually very, very necessary. So, meaning, you know, being able to buy, sell, trade, gift, swap digital assets or NFTs easily is not available right now on Web2 chat application platforms. Uh, being able to spin up a group chat uh, and be able to communicate through a uh, uh, chat but at the same time manage it through a token does not exist right now because ultimately what is a decentralized autonomous organization or a dao it's a group chat with a bank account and and so really the difference if i spin up a telegram chat or a wechat or a whatsapp group chat we're still leveraging snapshot.org or all these other tools out there but they're all disparate they're all disconnected so i realized that there is a layer of communication and management of communities through Web3 tooling that doesn't exist. And that's why we created Open. So we really saw it as like a Telegram plus, a WhatsApp plus, a WeChat plus, NFT, digital asset communication tools and management tools. And that's what we're doing. The ultimate goal is helping empower anyone to own their ideas and be direct with their communities through chat without a middle layer, right? And I think that is what we are building for so that next time I meet you at the next Animoca conference, or an event, and I say, hey, Rich, add me on open. And you say, what's open? Well, it's it's web three chat. What do you mean? Well, I can buy, sell, trade, gift, swap, cryptocurrencies, digital assets, NFTs, to you and you, to me, easily. We can spin up a group chat, manage our DAO community for Azuki, for Doodles, for Bourdais, for Cool Cats. We can do all of this in one place and we don't have to go anywhere else where everything else right now is disparate. I have to go to crypto Twitter, then I go to Discord, then I go to go to a website to go mitts, then I got to get Solidity engineers, then I got to go market it. It's all disparate. We're making it consolidated into one place.
0: Fantastic. I love it. You know, so uh, I started a startup in the transition between feature phones to smartphones with a really kick-ass Chinese entrepreneur. You know, he had taken Renren Public for $5 billion New York Stock Exchange. And we had this idea that the address book is broken. And from the address book, you could send a chat message, send a pin, invite somebody to a game. And we had 25 million users, and we were absolutely right, except we were, we were in the wrong spot. WeChat launched, and then everybody did that from chat. And I yep. think there's the, the messengers are uh, so much more than just sending messages. It's basically just a, a constant touch point with other people. But, but then from there, you know, WeChat has become basically kind of the payment infrastructure for China. And right. money kind of disappeared in 2017, 2018. And if Web three is indeed the tokenized version of the internet, then shouldn't that tokenization be, you know, inculcated to every, right. you know, fabric of of, of your communication? So it's a brilliant, you know, stake in the sand
1: that you're that you're doing. Yeah, I was telling our chief product officer the other day, just yesterday, it was just, I was like, you know, when I first downloaded WeChat, it must have been like early. 2012 or something like that. I, I just remember I had 10 friends in China on my WeChat and, you know, we would give walkie-talkie messages to each other and it was this new fun thing. And then the first emojis came, right? And then payments came. And now if you're homeless in China, you don't ask people to give you a dollar or a renminbi, you have a QR code, you know. So all-
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> people scan and donate money to you, right? Uh, through a QR code, right? And so it's re be interesting how China over the last decade has gone completely paperless and completely digital, right? And it's all through chat. Because what is that one thing when I wake up in the morning that I'm thinking about? For me, it's actually not my social media feed. I'm not looking at my Instagram or my Twitter or my Facebook timeline or, you know, uh, my my Snap story. I'm first looking at my DMs, right? So right when I wake up in the morning, it's, Who hit me up on WhatsApp? Who hit me up on WeChat? Who hit me up online? Who hit me up on Kakao? Who hit me up on DM, on uh, iMessage? Because I have an iPhone. And those are the first things that I'm thinking about because that's my close friend circle that I know it's either a request from my staff to my mom, right? Asking me or communicating to me something that's important. And so it's very, very interesting, right? Um, Even when I look at companies like WhatsApp that has now over 2 billion daily active users, Why is it daily active? It's because someone's trying to connect and communicate with you. After I get my connection and I respond to whatever DMs or text messages or email communication uh, that's direct to me, then I'll look at my social media. Then I'll look at, you know, uh, what's on my TikTok feed when I want to be entertained. Or I would look on my Instagram feed when I see, I want to know what other people are doing and what they're up to. But if I'm just thinking about on a day-to-day basis, what is that necessity From a technological communication standpoint, it's chat. And right now, Web3 does not have its own native chat application and tool. And that's what Open is solving for. And that's what we're building for.
0: Fantastic. Yeah. And I think you mentioned WhatsApp. And I think if you use WeChat and then you go to WhatsApp, you see how thin the offerings are. And, you know, almost despite itself, it has these 2 billion users. But then you look at something like WeChat and they have all these mini apps now. And uh it's disrupting the app store, it's disrupting the open internet, people are just doing things through that paradigm. And I think certainly with web three, because it's so community focused, a lot of people will be discovering things through their community, through chat and to be able to have mini apps or dApps, you know, through your your platform in the future as well too, you know, that's fascinating and Huge opportunity. And yeah, Discord is kind of the Web3. It's kind of been co-opted, but it's so broken and so messy and and just not optimized. And money kind of disappeared in 2017, 2018. And if Web3 is indeed the tokenized version of the internet, then shouldn't that tokenization be, you know, inculcated to every you know, fabric of 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 your communication? So it's a brilliant, you know, stake in the sand that you're that you're doing.
1: Yeah, I think people are recognizing this more and more. I, I think, you know, we've gone through this first Web3 NFT wave, and now you can already see even major DAOs like Nouns have officially said, we're off of Discord. It doesn't serve us, right? There's just fishing, like, you know, there's just too much, you know, things that are that are that are just, you know, shisty, right? People are getting fished, people are getting hacked, right? People are getting, you know, bots. I mean, you just don't know what's going on. It's just a lot of noise, right? Whereas we want to create something that's secure. That's private and gives you the ability to have digital ownership of your assets personally and directly with your community without any of the noise. Fantastic, I love it.
0: And you know, uh, would I'd love you to share the the total mission and vision of you know Open is one one part of what uh, your grand master plan is, and you know, share with the people in Podland. Uh, the original mission and vision and and how
1: that's shaped over the past uh, few years? It's a great question. I mean, um, you know, when I started open, it was an accident. It wasn't something I had. I was aiming to get into Web three or getting into NFTs and getting into the metaverse, Um, you know, I was a traditional Web two media content technology entrepreneur, I had started companies like 88 rising. Uh, one of the fastest growing digital music labels in the world. Uh, Stampede Ventures is a Hollywood studio with Greg Silverman, former president of Warner Brothers and Gideon You, former CFO of Facebook and YouTube. And we were just making, you know, the next generation, Harry Potter's, 300s, Matrixes, uh, Hangovers. And so we have over 150 IP. It taught me a ton about the power of IP and how you know, Greg, my partner, like he optioned Harry Potter for $25,000 before it was even a published book. It was passed on by 100 publishers, but he read it and said, this is great. And, you know, he became the biggest IP and franchise ever in Hollywood history. Um, wow. and, and that was for 25 grand, right? Uh, when he made The Hangover, um, he bought the script. No one wants to be in the movie. He's going to get Will Ferrell, Adam Sandler. No one wants to be in the movie. So he got two unknown uh, comedians, Zach Galifianakis and Bradley Cooper, uh, who had just, you know, had, I think it was, it was Wedding Crashers, and gave them their first big break. And boom, the biggest comedy franchise in history, Crazy Rich Asians. That was another one of his projects, right? Dark Knight wrote on a napkin. My point was, I was deep into entertainment and media and saw what could happen when I raised venture capital for AD rising to own the full stack, that we can own the IP, we can own the artists, we could own the distribution, we could own uh, our festivals. And because we raised our own money to do it our own way through web two, publication, distribution, where now we can actually publish content and leveraging YouTube and Instagram and Twitter and all of that. Same thing with Stampede. Now, instead of giving, you know, the studio, the next Harry Potter or the next 300, the next Matrix, we could own it ourselves, own all the rights. And that's what Greg said to me. So Jason, I've created 30 billion US dollars in box office and over 130 movies at Warner. I know how to create the next Harry Potter. I know how to create, uh, you know, the next Peppa Pig. I know how to create the next hangover, but let's do it for ourselves. Let's own this IP and own the theatrical rights, the theme park rights and the gaming rights and uh, the video game rights, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So when Web3 came, you know, I, I, I had then had invested early in Musical.ly uh, through our venture capital firm, Goodwater Capital, and and had no idea that it was going to become the next biggest consumer app in the world, meaning TikTok, right? Uh, I put Paris Hilton and Eric Grande on the platform. And then when I acquired Triller, similar social video company uh, with my partners, I put Mike Tyson. And then that brought on Jake Paul and saw that explode with influence and the creator economy. My point was, I was deep in Web2, consumer-facing technologies, music IP, film and entertainment IP, social video, creator economy. And then I was like, okay, I want I want to fulfill my passion and vision, which is to bridge East and West through media, entertainment, technology, through stories and talent. That's been my mission statement uh, career-wise for two decades now. And so I started Eastern Standard Times, uh, EST Media, and that was a holding company two years ago that I raised money into. And the goal was to create my own East, West, New York Times, CNN, Vice Media meets A24 for Asia, because I recognize that Western media still controlled the Eastern narrative, right? How we understand Asia or how we understand the East was still controlled by Fox News or CNN or Bloomberg, or, you know, and that's where China virus and stop Asian hate and Kung Flu and all these terminologies that have been detrimental uh, to the Asian American experience or the global Asian experience. And I said, why didn't we as the largest continent and the largest population in the world why do we not have our own voice? And so I started saying, okay, let me leverage my understanding with what I did with building a digital media brand with AD Rising. Let me leverage my understanding of the power of owning the next billion dollar entertainment IP through Stampede. Let me figure out how to leverage social video and user-generated content to create an ecosystem for anyone to tell their story from Asia to the world. And so I had three divisions, EFT Media, I raised my seed around seven and a half million, and I had UGC, PGC, and Studio, user-generated content division. And I was developing a citizen journalism app that felt and looked like TikTok. And I wanted a journalist in Bangkok to be able to film a cave explosion right then and there and upload it and see if it goes viral with that story. If it went viral, then our publisher division, our PGC side, would then say, okay, that's a great story, let's take it on, let's do a mini documentary, a short form video, let's do an article and publish that and make that official. If that went viral, then our studio side would go, wow, this story from Asia is gonna be the next Asian Tiger King, it's gonna be the next Narcos, it's gonna be the next Spotlight, Hustlers, those were Boston Globe and New York Times articles, right? And so it was basically the strategy, see PGC, Studio, and then Web3 hit. <laughs> and so, then I, it's like, I think it's like late 2020, early 2021. I'm seeing people board a yacht club. I'm seeing, you know, all these different NFTs drop and the community's coming behind them. And there's like no middle layer. And I'm like, this is really interesting. So I, I remember uh, there was an Ethereum documentary uh, that was raising money on Mirror.XYZ. And I was like, okay, this is really interesting. But instead of just, you know, like Kickstarter giving me, you know, a wristband for me donating $10, right? You could actually put in, an ETH and own a percentage of this actual documentary project and get royalties in the future, as well as if you invest in more producer credits, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And so I thought it was really interesting. Within 24 hours, they raised over six million US dollars of ETH. And, and I put in, you know, a little bit and I was like, wow, I can own it. I can also get the future revenues. And I'm actually part of this community that is owning this project together. So I thought that was really, really interesting that there was no middle layer uh, and it was a very direct consumer to to the IP relationship. I then tested it with a rapper and I don't want to mention his name it's a little controversial, but long story short is this rapper at the time had no choice. He had been canceled. He had no ability to put his music on streaming platforms. And so I said, why don't we test this out with this rapper and see if he would drop his next album as a music NFT and see what would happen if his fan base would buy into it because they can not only listen to the music, but they can own actual music itself as well as be able to trade that music asset, right, uh, on the blockchain. And so that's what we did. We minted a million albums. We sold out uh, in one minute, a dollar each album. The artist made a million US dollars in less than a minute and went platinum. And he did it without Spotify, iTunes, or a record label. And I was like, this is insane. So you can completely remove Damn. Facebook, Amazon, Apple, Netflix, Google, and the IP creator and owner can be direct with their community or their fan base that supports their ideas without a middle layer. But the problem with all this that I just shared was why open? I was like, wait a second here. But I had to go to Discord to go join the community and communicate. Then he had to go set up a website that we had to go find a smart contract developer to then generate that smart contract. Then drop it you know, on that website and create a minting experience with MetaMask connected and credit card, and then have to market on crypto Twitter. I was like, this takes a whole village to make an NFT drop happen. We should just pivot our citizen journalism app to become a creator chat tool for anyone to be able to communicate their project or their idea to their fan base and their community and not have to go to all these disparate locations to actually have that experience and actually monetize for themselves and at the same time own their data, own their community and be direct. And that's how Open was born. So that's when I called up Galaxy Digital and I called Richard Kim and Sam Engelbart and said, hey, guys, you guys are the blockchain experts. You guys got me into this. I need another X amount of capital to go hire a bunch of devs and pivot our citizen journalism app into a Web3 super app, which has now become Open
0: fantastic wow what a vision and also evolution um and i think that um i love this quote by elon musk he says at the end of the day it's the piece of innovation that matters and i think that's one thing that i think defines you as i know you is that your kind of clock speed and your energy to be able to cycle through things and find find the path forward uh and uh I, I feel that you're already in the entertainment space, like light years ahead of the average, uh, the average player. Um, and once we come out of this, this bull and there's this open platform to be able to piggyback off of it's, uh, kind of, uh, off, off to the races. So, wow. Thanks. Uh, thanks for sharing that. Fantastic. Um, so let's, so let's, let's maybe take it to the future. Like, let's say there's a, there's a project that launches on, on open, like what's, what's that, what's that going to look like for, a for a creator or for even a big, a big brand?
1: That's a great question. Um, you know, I'm very, very thankful. I've been able to hire just an incredible uh, team uh, that's building our product right now. Um, uh, our current CPO, we haven't announced yet. Um, he came from WhatsApp and, and he was the director of product for payments and chat there. Uh, again, touching over 2 billion daily active users and understanding the pain points uh, of, of, of what it couldn't do, but also what it could do. Um, you know, our CTO okay. was well, former, then
0: I, then I, I totally take back
1: all that stuff. I said about WhatsApp, I apologize. No, 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 no. Like, he would say <laughs> this, there was a lot of mis- opportunities. Um, when you were saying about WhatsApp is like, when you look at chat and you look at WhatsApp, right. There's a huge, huge. difference, right. In the sense of huge. products that are available. Like you said, mini apps, you know, shops, you know, being able to pay all these different things. Uh, that I think China got right early, right? And I think in the West, we weren't able to create a super app as robust as WeChat, simply because uh, there were so many other consumer apps that were serving those functionalities that WeChat was doing all at once in the early time, meaning whether it's rentals or ride sharing or Airbnb or DoorDash, right? Those were all being created in silos, whereas in China, WeChat had a head start and was able to touch on everything right away. I think you know what's gonna be very interesting is, you know we're gonna have a product where you can go end to end as a creator, someone that has an idea. And the goal for Open is to empower every human being on earth to be able to own their ideas, monetize them, and be direct with the communities that support their ideas without a middle layer that is mainly business model built on advertising, right? So basically I wanna be able to create the WeChat meets Alibaba or the WhatsApp meets Amazon for web three from east to west, right? And so that whether you are a flower shop owner in Singapore or whether you're a TikTok influencer in Hollywood, you can literally download open and immediately set up your own store and be able to sell your product, whatever it is, whether it's flowers or whether it's content or whether it's shoes or whether it's, you know, a technology or a service and be direct and have everything there for you to actually own and be communicating with your fan base or your customer base without someone taking, you know, a massive cut. And that's the problem, right? right? So, for instance, like on TikTok, incredible algorithm, incredible AI. But I met with an artist recently, uh, maybe about six months ago, and she's a music artist. She was signed uh, to a major label. Uh, She was there for almost five years. Uh, Album basically never got off the shelf and never got released. Uh, She then got dropped. uh, But then she had one song that went viral on TikTok and literally uh, almost a billion views. And she told me, Jason, I haven't seen a check from TikTok for over a thousand US dollars. So you're talking about- over a billion, almost a billion views for this song. It's been reshared and replayed and all of this, and she hasn't even seen a thousand dollars, right? So she has half a million followers on TikTok. She has maybe a few hundred thousand followers on her other social media, and she's struggling to pay the rent, right? She doesn't own her IP, and she's looking at me like, Jason, I don't know what to do. I have people that want to invest in and in, in, my, in my music and help my career, and I have fans that want to help but. I don't even know where to start, because everything's broken. Whether I go to YouTube, whether I go to TikTok, whether I go to Twitter, I can't monetize, right? The only way they can monetize is, you know, if they have enough followers to get a brand deal and to post the soap that they're using, you know, on their social media. And even that is not enough to pay the bills. So even these these, these super uh, influencers that have millions of followers are actually monetizing very, very little, unless you're like the top 0.1 percentile and you're Kim Kardashian, right? Now you're making tens of millions and hundreds of millions of dollars, but that's because you're at the top of that echelon. Everyone Mm -hmm. else is struggling, right? So the problem with that model is the machine, as you watch Social Dilemma, is just feeding the advertisers and who's getting richer and who's getting wealth. Well, it's Instagram, it's Facebook, it's Netflix, it's Amazon, it's Apple. It's these massive consumer tech companies, but it's not the actual creators themselves. So with Open, what that experience is gonna look like is I download Open, and I post whatever project that I want to do or whatever service or whatever product I want, I want to sell or I want to serve. And then that goes into an experience. So let's say I'm, I'm a music artist. I always, I use this example, like what if you discovered the weekend before he was the weekend and his name was the weekday? And the weekday only had 10,000 followers on Instagram and SoundCloud. But you know, you know how many people I've met in the music industry for the last 10 years are like, dude, Jason, I was at the weekend's first show. In Toronto, it was freezing cold. I was one of the first, you know, thousand there. I bought his album. I'm like, how do I know you really were a fan of The Weeknd and you really were at that show, you know, years ago? Well, we can now through the blockchain, right? And so I go, you discovered The Weekday. They said, yo, I only have 10,000 followers, but they're hardcore. Guys, I'm going to drop 1,000 digital passes, memberships, NFTs, whatever you want to call it, to the week, the weekday club, right? And this weekday club is only for a thousand of my most hardcore fans and followers that believe in the mission of my music. Okay. But over the next five years, however big I get, you're going to get first access to all my shows. You're going to get front row seats. You're going to get, uh, album listening party, you know, uh, uh, 10 days in advance. You're going to get access to my merch, access to all the things that you want, First, because you're believing in me and you're supporting me. So he sells, I don't know, a thousand of these for, let's just say whatever, you know, a hundred bucks each, right? And he takes that tens of thousands of dollars that he made off of that sale and makes his album, which then gets him his deal with Sony, Warner, Universal. And then within five years, he goes from the weekday to the weekend and he's performing at the Super Bowl. How much is one of those one of 1,000 digital memberships to the weekday club worth? To me, it's worth a lot more than Mickey man or a Frank Thomas rookie baseball card by tops because that's just a physical piece of paper. What we're talking about is a digital contract that actually gives you value, that actually has you owning assets and rights and royalties and all these different things that come with that membership. And so that to me is really interesting where now the weekday says, I'm going to download open. I'm going to launch this project. I'm going to then through the shopping experience, sell and and let you mint and buy that digital membership uh, into my career and my mission in music. Then you're going to have a private space where I'm going to be direct with these one of 1,000 in a community chat, whether that's visual, whether that's in a meta, uh, VR, AR, augmented experience, whether that's just a live stream where you get to listen to my music first and get to talk with me and get to contribute all these different things. And then a private chat channel where now this community is exclusive directly with me and I can verify that and I can see what you're buying, what shows you're showing up at, you know, uh, what merch you're buying from me, where you're trading it, who you're selling it to. I'm able to see all that data and then I'm able to own all of my data, my assets, my community, myself, all in one platform. That is what open is solving for it. And now whether it's music or boom boomtown, bam, that's where it's going to be. Bam. You've, yeah, this is going to be the super app of the future. Love that vision. And I love the, you know, if you
0: look at WeChat versus, say, Facebook, I think 85% of Facebook's revs are advertising and the other 15% are games and other. But uh, with, you know, WeChat, Tencent, it's the the exact opposite. 85% are transactions. So games, virtual items, you know, Shuni Wupin, uh, transactions, and about, you know, 10, 15% is advertising. And if you're, If you're in China and you're using the app, you feel much more aligned with that app. Like you don't feel exploited in the same way that you do, uh, by, by Facebook or even, you know, it's not necessarily a Chinese thing because, because TikTok has, has also taken on the, the, it's the business model, right? The, the advertising business model. But when you're able to just bake the transactions in through the, you know, tokenization on chain within the app so that everything uh, is much more aligned between the the user and what they're interacting with, then that's a much more elegant and sustainable uh, model in the future.
1: I mean, that's the big unlock is ownership, right? It's, it's, it's the unlocking of the transfer of value that me as a music artist, I can transfer value to you who believes in my music, and then you can transfer that value to someone else. You can give that back to me. You can give that back to others. You can keep it for yourself. And that is where it it really gets super, super interesting where now anyone and everyone can play and everyone can own and everyone can participate. Whereas even right now Web 2, even though WeChat is so amazing and I have so many artist friends that are on WeChat and they have, you know, literally 100 different fan group chats, right, for all their fans, right? But they're not able to actually fully transact with them other than keeping them updated with their shows and, oh, go buy my ticket over here. And by the way, I'm, I'm thinking about, you know, releasing my music and you guys share it on your social media versus actually saying, hey, I'm going to set up this group chat and for 10 renminbi or for, you know, one ETH or whatever it's going to be, you can own a piece of this IP that I create and we are going to own it together. We're going to collaborate and create it together and we're going to benefit it from it all together, all in one chat application platform, that to me has not been done yet or done effectively and properly. And that's, to me, the massive unlock.
0: Huge unlock. Because if you look, the one extraordinary thing that Tencent did was their core offering during, you know, it started in the late 90s was QQ, their messenger. And they disrupted themselves when the smartphone revolution happened and they created WeChat. So when there's a new paradigm shift, there's always a new opportunity to do something different. Do you get disrupted or do you disrupt yourself? And Tencent, because they're China-based and China's not so friendly to crypto, uh, it's, it's not going to be coming out of China or something like that. Um, although a Chinese team could do it outside of China. But for you to have this kind of clean slate and to say, I'm going to make a Web3 native platform, scratching all the itches that are, that are necessary, all the key points you're already feeling. Like that's, that's a, a terrific place to start. And, 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 you know, while we're on the topic of, of China, you know, I, I spent, you know, I live in Bali for the last three years, I, I was in China almost 25 years and I know you have this, um, you know, uh, DNA both personally, but also in the company of, 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 you know, Asia. And how, how do you see that, uh, you know, playing out in the, in the future,
1: uh, with, uh, the whole evolution of your company? So it's interesting. I, I told Yad, and first of all, thank you, Animoca being now our lead investor in our Series A and, and, and closing that. And proudly so. So honored, so honored, right? And, and having Animoca on our cap table, I, I've told, you know, yourself, I've told Yad and the team, I, I almost see Animoca as the new 10 cents of, 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 of Web3 and the internet. And so I said to Yad, when we were doing diligence, I said, look at yourselves as the new 10 cents and we're the new WeChat, right? And opens the new WeChat. And, and, and as you guys have 300 plus, you know, companies, your portfolio from gaming to merch to fashion to, to consumer tech and all these different assets, how they can all play through a chat communication platform. And that open becomes that internal chat communication platform for all the clients as well as the companies and the consumers to use together. That's what we are going to be. And that's what we're building for. And so to me, you know, I think like you said, we have this clean slate. Um, you know, I do think like companies like Telegram and others are getting uh, now into Web3 and into crypto. But again, there's just a lot of legacy and a lot of baggage, yes. and a lot of issue challenges, mainly around security, mainly around security, mainly around privacy. I can tell you right now, just in the last month uh, of December, I had four different venture capitalists tell me, please do not reply to me if I text you on Telegram because someone had my Telegram. And literally I had people asking me to invest in deals that were hacks, right? And so there's an issue on privacy. There's an issue on data security. There's an issue on trusting, right? Uh, a application platform that truly benefits and is useful for us in Web3 um, that we can really uh, do that's native. And that's what we're solving for.
0: Terrific, excellent. Yeah, and uh, tell us tell us a little bit about your... Uh hero's journey as a serial entrepreneur some of the uh trials and tribulations and triumphs and, and lessons learned along the way
1: um yeah i mean it would take a, a lifetime and a book i feel like i've got through <laughs> you should be writing a book
0: but maybe maybe a maybe a, a, a summary or highlight reel I, i've seen a highlight reel that you've been part of before and it's uh, it's pretty uh
1: pretty compelling well, I, 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 you know, I would categorize myself as a serial entrepreneur uh, versus being a, um, I would say, a traditional entrepreneur. In in, in when I say traditional, not, not in any way negative. Uh, meaning, to me, the classic maybe it's a better word. Classic entrepreneur is a, a Jeff Bezos, Mark Zuckerberg's, you know, uh, in the sense that they have one company, a Bill Gates, that they build one product, and from that product. You know they're able to go build an empire and and scale and they stay with that one company throughout their entire career. whereas a serial entrepreneur uh, realizes that their gift is maybe not so much building but their gift is starting uh, and, and so for me I, I've realized for me my strengths after you know two decades of starting companies and and, and being in in this space of entrepreneurship is being a serial entrepreneur and starting uh, versus staying and building, I'm more starting and catalyzing. And so what I realize I'm at uh, after you know six companies opens now my sixth company that, that I've started is that I'm great at three things. and for me, it's catalyzing, connecting, and capital. And I realize for me, I'm able to catalyze, meaning you're able to initiate, give that initial energy, that initial momentum, that initial push to get something off the ground and going. And so multiple times I realized in my career was I was at the right place at the right time with the right persons, uh, with the right product. And I was able to identify, oh, here's the problem, here's a solution, and here's a market, and here's a gap. And if I can give this founder or this idea, the right team, the right resources, and the right capital, I can get it going and I don't have to run it, but I can help start it and be strategic where I'm good at. And so that for me was connections. I was just really connected. I just had this biz dev, you know, um, natural gift to network. And I just had opportunities and doors and access to everything and everyone. And so for me, uh, giving an idea with ADA Rising was, you know, I found my co-founder, Sean, at the time, and he was at Vice Media. And I was like, hey, I want to build the Asian vice for Asian youth culture. Right, and at that time he was still at Vice, and I said, "Hey, why don't you leave Vice? Um, you know, I'll be the chairman co-founder, but you be the CEO co-founder. co-founder. You're the guy that goes day to day and builds this company, and everything you knew at Vice, do it here, but for this market segment of Asian youth culture, which is two billion population, massive TAM." And I said, "Okay, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to bring all the connections. Whether you need connections in China, and you need, you know, Tencent, you need Ali, you need." brand deals, you know, Pepsi, whoever, you know, I'll open up those doors. I'll create those uh, opportunities. At the same time, I'll bring the capital. You don't worry about the money. I'll bring all the capital. I'll raise all the money. I'll sell this to the venture capitalists, to the private equity groups. And that's exactly what happened. So recognize the opportunity, came in as a catalyst, opened up all the business partnerships and all the doors, help find the talent, connect them with brand deals, connect them with distribution, connect them with all the doors necessary to build the business and scale the business. And then third, which was super important, was bring the capital and make sure that the company was well-funded round by round to get it to where it is today, you know, a, a, a massive valuation of fast growing digital music label in the world. So I realized as a serial entrepreneur, I was really good at that. When I met Greg Silverman, same thing. I called Stampede, the Greg Silverman business. I was like, this guy's 30. You know, billion in box office, 130 global blockbuster franchises, and he knows how to find the next Harry Potter, the next 300, the next Matrix, the next Crazy Rich Asians, you know, the next Dark Knight. And I was like, "Look, Greg, you do what you do. Don't worry about the capital. Don't worry about you know getting doors and access, you know, to all the partnerships that you need. I recognize your talent. I recognize that this is a massive opportunity to become the next Warner Brothers." on our own. And I brought in Gideon Yu, the former CFO of Facebook and YouTube, who was the most badass CFO in Silicon Valley to come in and invest. And I brought other strategic investors and other projects and other open doors. And boom, Stampede was started. And now one of the fastest growing and most active uh, Hollywood studios, uh, major minis, you know, in, in the business. And so anyways, long story short is, for me, is recognize what you're really good at. Recognize what you're not so good at. And focus on your strengths and staff or optimize for where you're not strong with others that are strong in those areas. And so for me, focusing on these three things, catalyzing, connecting and capital has allowed me to start six companies, quote unquote, thankfully, successfully and make my investors back their money and bring a product to the world that actually serves humanity and solves a problem and uh, is, is, is something of value.
0: Terrific, indeed. Focusing on strengths is uh, really important. I think a lot of times people aren't necessarily very clear about what their strengths are, so they feel like they have to have to do everything. And I think it's important to do something like strengths finders or some sort of um, you know survey with friends and re- really find in an objective way like what am I really really good at? Um, if you don't have all of that experience under your um, you know under your fingernails and uh, yeah. And, and then use, I, I like to say people, product, or process to be able to just, you know, take, cover your strengths. Right. I, I'm going to hire somebody, I'm going to put some software into it, or I'm going to, you know, put some kind of a process. Um, and yeah, not everybody has to be, you know, an operator like Reed Hoffman, one of my favorite entrepreneurs. You know, he started up LinkedIn, but then he was like, you know what, I'm not really so keen to run this thing day to day. Like he had, he had the, the vision, the catalyzation, he brought in all the connections, he brought in the capital. And then, you know, next, uh, uh, next adventure. So fantastic. I love it. That was excellent. Thank you for distilling that. And you really like know yourself well. I think entrepreneurship is a great tool to be able for, uh, people to understand themselves very well, because you see all of your shortcomings and all of your, you know, just sort of weaknesses day to day. And you're like, I think I'm going to focus on these. So, uh,
1: thank you. No, thank you. And I, you know, like you said, brothers, Reed Hoffman or Elon, Elon, you know, Elon Musk. Elon too. Sure. Serial, serial entrepreneurs. Right. And they have the vision. They're able to sell ice to Eskimos. They're able to raise the capital. They're able to open up the doors and, and make things happen. And it's a it's a very specific gift. Um, but like for me, you know, I'm not a technical founder. So that's why, you know, I hired a CPO and a CTO that have. That technical prowess and experience that I don't have. And I lean to them. And I think another thing as as, as an entrepreneur is just learning to listen uh, and realizing that you're not the smartest person in the room. And when you're able to go, you know what? When I say I'm not the I might be the smartest in my area, but I'm not the smartest in product. I'm not the smartest in dev and engineering. I'm not the smartest in AI. I'm going to listen to you. You tell me what I need to know, what I need to understand. And then I marry that with what I am good at. And then hopefully something beautiful comes out of that.
0: And something beautiful is coming out of that. And wow, I can't wait to see what's going to happen in the medium to long term with your mission and vision, my friend. Thank you for taking the time. Uh, that was awesome. Thank you, Rich. Jason Ma from Open. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll put uh, all the connections in the, in the show notes. This podcast is for
1: information purposes only and should not be considered as financial advice. Any opinions provided in this podcast reflect the views of the speakers only.